Well, praise God. I'm going to continue on talking on, on prayer again this evening. Just going to go ahead and get, um, get straight into the message this evening. But we've been talking on prayer this last few weeks. And um, I, I, this, has been, this has been really encouraging me personally, just as, 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 as I've been ministering it, I've been being encouraged and just studying this out afresh, just, just looking at prayer again. Um, prayer is essential in our Christian walk. Um, prayer is a, a necessity for us as Christians. It's something we should all do. Um, we, need, we need to pray. Amen. And Jesus, Jesus um, taught how to pray. And we've looked at several different things here. But um, I've been down looking at really basic answers, uh, basic principles for answered prayer. And um, because we want to pray and get our, our prayers answered. You know, we want to we do it God's way. And so if you want your prayers to be answered, you come and do it the way God said to do it. And so, um, first of all, we looked at that we pray to the Father. And that's a scriptural pre, uh, pre- precedent that we pray to the Father, but we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And we have been given the right and the privilege to use that name, that name that is above every name. And what a privilege it is that we can come and use, use that name just like it's our own because we've been given the authority to use it. So we pray to the Father. Thank God we don't have to go through anybody. We can come directly to the Father and the Bible says that we can go to the Father and we don't have to go through anybody because the Father loves you and you can come to him and you can access the Father by just going directly to him but you don't go in your own name. Thank God we go in his name. We don't come in our standing. We come based on who Jesus is, what he's won for us, amen? And we can use the name of Jesus just like it's our own. And um, when you use Jesus' name, you can expect to get the results that Jesus got. Amen. And you know what? We just need to be bold. We just need to be bold as Christians and just stand up and pray in the name of Jesus. You know, something I've been doing this last while, uh, just to encourage myself, is I've been going back and looking at uh, ministers in the past. I mean, ministers that have done great things. You know, looking at the likes of the John G. Lakes and people like that. And, you know, there's great ministers that have done um, awesome things for God. But you know what? You find a common denominator with all of those people. They just believe God and they were bold enough to say what God said. And um, they just stepped out there in faith and just trusted God. And I tell you, we need to raise the bar high and trust in our God. Some people have an image of a big devil and a small God. But we need to change that around where we have a massive God. And the devil is a nothing. He's a nobody. He's a defeated foe. We do not magnify him at all. Um, He's defeated. Anytime we talk about him, it's just to make us aware of him, to make us aware of his defices, but not to put fear because he's defeated. And we don't have to live in fear of him. We need to magnify our God and make our God big in our eyes. No matter what we face, he's bigger. Doesn't matter what the situation is, he's bigger. Amen. And that's just the way we need to think. But tonight I'm going to ask another principle under that and uh, under pray to the Father in Jesus name and I'm going to talk tonight on grace based prayer and um, talking on when we pray that we are to pray based on the grace of God and you know this is a principle many times people miss, jump over the jump over the fact that we pray grace based prayers now um, just before we get into this I'm just going to lead into this this evening and look at a couple of things but, but do, do you know in our generation do, I don't know it's just me I don't think it is like, but I think the children in our generation, um, you know, in, in general, a lot of the kids in our generation, I think a lot of the kids run the house today. Whereas whenever I was growing up, the parents ran the house. 
You know, the, the parents were the, 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 the parents in the home. They were the parents. They made the decisions. And sometimes the kids make the decisions today. And, and I'm sure we've all been out, you know, somewhere in a shopping center or whatever, and you'll see a child laying on the ground screaming and shouting until they get their own way. And you know what they're doing is they, the, the parents say, they'll ask the parent, can they have something? And the parent says no. But then what the child does is they know that through a lot of pressing, you know, <laughs> if they just press the parent long enough, that they can actually manipulate the parent to the point where the parent will give in. And now it'll be whatever the child says just to keep them happy. And, to keep, they, and it's, 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 like, it's like weak leadership, and, you know, where a child now can just say whatever they want and get their own way. But, you know, it, we've all seen that. Many, many have seen that advert. Do you remember that advert? There was a, a child threw a tantrum in the, in the aisle. And then the parent, they got down and done the same thing. Like, as if to say, so what? You know, and they were on the ground, banging the ground, going, Wah! But, but you know what? Here's the reality of it. That's like some people's prayers. Some people pray and they think that they come to God and really they come to God and God says one thing but their mindset is, you know, they think that God is saying no. So they pray and pray and beat the walls and their attitude is I'm going to wear God down and I'll just pray long enough that I can wear him down and I can get God to do what I want to do. And that's a wrong image of God. It's a terrible image of God in actual fact. But you know, you'll hear this with, with many people. And really what you call this is, is the prayer of importunity. And many have heard of that in the scriptures. There's a prayer of importunity. And um, what people will talk about. And I'm going to look at a couple of these verses on it this evening. But this is where they get that mindset. But, but what I'm going to show is this is not the way our God is. And this is not how you approach God. Thank God God's not a God where you approach him and you have to whine and beg. And you have to come as a beggar before him. We don't come as a beggar before God. We're children. And you know what? We don't need to come and pray these prayers. Oh God, I beg you. Oh God, please, please, please. That's a, that's a, that's a wrong way to pray for us um, in, 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 our, in this dispensation. We are not meant to pray like that. Um, there's no faith in a prayer like that. Absolutely none. There's no faith in coming and just saying, God, I beg you. Oh God, please. Like as if, as if God doesn't want to. And then, you know, you have to wear him down. And you have to really get in and press hard on him. And if you press hard on him, then maybe he will do something good for you. Well, that's a terrible image of God. That's why even that first principle, our father, I spent time looking at, it's not just saying our father, but it's knowing your father's heart towards you. Amen. Now, here's where people get these prayers from. Here's, here, here's um, in Luke 5. Or sorry, Luke 11 and verse 5. And really, I'm going to look at two of these here quickly. But this is where this mentality comes from. Um, but really what it's showing is God's not like this. This is what it's showing. God's different. Now, here in Luke, 5, or Luke 11 verse 5, it says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And, and, and shall go unto him at midnight. And say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Um, so he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. Or basically saying, Leave me alone. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, Though he shall not rise and give, uh, give him, because he is a friend, yet because of his um, importunity, because of his importunity, he will rise and give as many as he needs. 
So what it's saying here is a friend, you know, calls over to somebody's house late at night, unexpected, and you, they came and they, they'd traveled a long way and you had nothing for them. And it was like embarrassment, you know what, I need to go and get them something. So you, so you jump in your car and you drive to your friend's house and you're banging the door and saying, do you know what, somebody came to me unexpected. Auntie, for that I didn't even know I had to arrived at the door. And um, they're starving, so they are, there's a whole load of them. Would you just give me something to sort me out to tomorrow, I'll sort you out, just lend me something. And you know what, and they said, go away. Now, here's what it's, here, get the point here. This is not a good friend. Okay. If you have a friend like this, you need to get rid of it and get a good friend. Do you know, I, I could imagine, like, you know, um, South and Donna and Jason, the, the dean there would be, um, you know, in each other's houses a lot, like, you know, and I could, I could imagine if Donna jumped in the car and drove down to the dean's or vice versa and said, somebody's arrived. Do you know what I mean? The dean coming to our house, knocking the door and saying, you know, Donna! <laughs> but he's down from Donny Call. <laughs> Sorry, Tindy. <laughs> but could you imagine? And Tim, we've nothing in the house. And Donna saying, You know what? The kids and all are in bed. Go away. Like, what kind of a friend would that be? It's not showing a good image here of a friend. It's basically saying, This is not what God is like. God's not like this. So, um, if you had a friend like that, but you know what? If you, even if you had a mean friend, a tight friend, do you know what? If you just kept banging the door, they'll give you whatever you want to get rid of you so that they can get a night's sleep. That's not a good friend. And that's shown here just an, an attitude of, you know, if somebody comes with importunity and just, just, they just keep banging that door. Here, that's what importunity means. Or it means to beg. It means to bother with persistence, badger, harass, hound, and relentless, re- relentlessly press. Do you know what? That's not the way we're to come to God. We're not to come to God big, badger, press on him and press on him like as if God's mean. And I always like to put it like it's like as if God's his hands behind his back and he's saying, pray a little longer. And the longer you pray, no, after a while my hands will come out and then it'll be like, you know, would you get out of my sight? Because that's what this fella said. This is not, this is showing that God and this person are completely opposite. Amen. So when we pray, we don't need to come with that mindset that God's like that. Um, here, here's the, the rest of this verse. It, go, it goes on to say in chapter 11, verse 9, it says, And I say unto you, it's going to show a contrast here. God's not like this. God's not like this, friend. When you come to God, you can ask and you, and it shall be given unto you. You can seek and you shall find. You'll knock and it will be opened unto you. And then it says, For everyone. Amen. Everyone that asks, well, receives. All you have to do is ask when you come to God. All you have to do is ask and you can receive. And look at that later on um, tonight. And he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will, will he give him, uh, or sorry, if he ask him a fish for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he ask for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? And he's showing a contrast here. God's not like that other guy. If you, who are natural, carnal, know how to give good things to your kids, how much more shall your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost? Amen. When you ask him, how much more will your heavenly father give you good things when you ask him? See, people take this first part and they think, you know what, when you come to God, you have to press him. And so people think now, if you want to get an answer, you have to pray all night. No, that's not the way this works. 
Amen. Now, here's another verse that goes along with this. It's the same kind of thought. In Luke 18 and verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And I'll, I'll share a bit on that in a second. Now, I'm not saying don't be, don't be persistent in your life. But what I am saying is you don't have to be persistent with God. You don't have to come to God and wear God down. Amen. God's more willing for you to have than you are to receive. Amen. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the way we come. We don't need to come to God with an image of God being tight and stingy and, you know, not a good friend. Um, here, or as it says here, this is talking about an unjust judge. Well, how many of you know God's not an unjust judge? So it's not showing that, you know, it's not saying God is like this person. It's, God's, it's saying God's opposite to this person. It's showing a contrast here of a bad friend and a good friend, an unjust judge and a, and a just judge. Amen. So this is the contrast. Look at verse 2. It says, Saying therefore in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And I'm telling you, our, our God loves people. So it's showing a complete opposite here to people. But what it's saying here, even with an unjust person, if you just keep pestering them, you'll get whatever you want. <laughs> so it says here in verse 3, And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me now of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, No, I fear not God, nor regard man. Yet because this w- widow, she's basically torturing me, and she's wearying me, she has me wore out. And to get rid of her, basically, I'll do whatever she wants. That's what it's saying. Verse um, 6, he said, hear what the, uh, or sorry, um, in verse 6 it says, hear what the, un, or, uh, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. In other words, the, the unjust judge got to the point where he just basically said, take it, I'll give you justice, whatever you want, just get out of my face. Amen. Now, a, a corrupt judge, you could pay them off. A corrupt judge, you can do whatever you want. But you know what? Here was a widow that she needed justice in her life because she was being misused. And she just wore this man out with her persistent begging. Look what it says in verse 7. And, I, and, I shall, and it says here, Shall not God avenge his own elect which cry um, day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? That's talking about the unjust judge. The unjust judge bears long with you. you. He will bear long. But it says, But I tell you that he, God, he will avenge you speedily. It's shown a contrast here. Do you know you have an unjust judge and you can, you can if you just keep at him and at him and at him persistent, you can wear him down. But I want you to know a God, God's more willing to give to you than you are to receive because he's a good God. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying don't persist. Now, get this point. If, if you, in your life, if you're up against something and you don't see your answer coming through straight away, you persist as and you persist believing. You persist standing. You persist resisting. You stand for what God has for you. Get a bit of persistence. Some people, if they don't see the answer manifest in their life immediately, they give up. But I'm telling you, in God's end, when you pray, God gives straight away. Amen? And God gives straight away on His end. We just live in a physical world. Sometimes we have to um, just see the process through until it arrives at our door. It's just like, uh, as I've said before, if you order something on Amazon, it's already delivered. Once it's dispatched, it's on the way to you. But sometimes it just it takes a journey until it gets to you. 
And we live in the physical world and God is spirit. And when God releases anything to us, it's always released in the spirit first. That's just the way it works. And, um, but what I'm saying is if you have to stand, stand. Haven't done all to stand. Stand. Persist. Persist. But don't have the attitude and the mindset that you have to persist to try and beg God and please God until God opens up his hands and we come as beggars and get a few crumbs out of his hands. It's not that way. God's not like that. And what I want to talk here for a bit about is I want to talk on praying in the new covenant because this is many times people's prayer, prayer life is like this. But you know, for us in the new covenant, we need to have the mindset when we pray when we pray, we need to pray with the understanding of grace. Amen? Um, our prayers should be grace-based. And our prayers should be prayers under the new covenant. Amen? Now, here's a couple of foundation things before we look at a, a few scriptures here. But here's just a few things here. Our prayers should reflect that we live in the new covenant. It should reflect up. When you pray, it should actually reflect that we live in this new covenant. Our prayers should reflect that we live under grace. Actually, you know, in Romans 6, it lets us know that you're not under the law, but you're under grace. It should reflect that. It should reflect that you understand the grace of God. Um, our prayers should reflect the finished work of Jesus. When we pray, it should be in line with the fact that Jesus has already finished everything for us. So we need to have that mindset when we pray. And our prayer should reflect the mindset that everything in Christ is already done. You see, if you don't believe that God has already done it, you'll come begging him. But if you believe he's already done it, you'll come and receive. You don't come to beg. You come to receive. Amen? And I'll get to that there before the evening's over because grace-based prayers whenever you pray, you don't pray to badger God, you don't pray to wear God down, you're not coming like a a child that is moaning and complaining and please, please, please give me it or else no, you just come and say God I believe that you've already, by Jesus you've already provided it for me and you come in faith let me tell you, grace always leads to faith, always anytime you hear the grace of God what it leads to is faith Grace leads to faith. Amen? It's just the way it works. It leads to faith. Um, so, oh, well, let me show us here for a moment. Grace provides. And that's what I'm going to look at here for a moment. Grace provides. Here's the thing about grace. In grace, God has already made provision for us. Amen? It's already a done deal. Everything in grace is already done. Let's look over here in Second Peter 1 for a second. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith um, with us through the righteousness of God and, our, and our, our Savior Jesus Christ. Look what it says here. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through our knowledge. Now, here's the thing. Grace is God's provision. It's what God has provided for us in Christ. It's just like in salvation. How are we saved? By grace, you're saved. Okay? It's through faith. You have to receive it. 
what is it provided? Yeah. Does Jesus have to go to the cross every time somebody stands at the front of an, uh, an aisle or at the side of their bed or on the street or wherever and, uh, and you know, invite Jesus to be their Lord and Savior? Does Jesus go back to the cross and do it all again? No, the Bible says you don't have to, you know, call him up and you don't have to call him down. What, what is it? It's in your mouth. And all you have to do is confess what he has already done for you. You put faith in the grace of God. So grace is God's provision. It's already done. But here's the thing. People have to hear about it. Okay? It's just like salvation. Even though Jesus has paid the price, he's already seated at the Father's right hand. He's not going to go to the cross again. But do you know, it's our job to tell people about Jesus. And do you know what that is? That's knowledge. Do you know what knowledge is? Knowledge is finding out what's already done. That's what knowledge is. It's finding out what's already done. Or let me put it this way. It's finding out what's already yours. What's already yours in Christ? It's finding it out. So whenever we preach, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're reminding you. And we're letting you know what you already have. We're letting you know what is already yours in Christ. What belongs to you. It's not Jesus isn't going to do it again. He's already done it. Knowledge is, is letting us know what's already ours. It's already provided. That's why when you pray those prayers, and people pray like in religion of persistent prayers of importunity, they don't realize that they don't have the mindset that Jesus has already come, died for us, and it's already provided. You don't have to beg God. He's already made it available. Amen? So knowledge makes grace available to you. See, all of God's provision is available to us, but you know how it, it's all, it's all there, it's all provided. But you know how it becomes available to you? You have to find out about it. And what comes when you hear? Faith. And when faith comes, what you're hearing is the grace of God. And when, when you hear the grace of God, what comes is faith. And then faith can then receive from the grace of God. Amen? But, it's, but, but faith doesn't put the grace of God there. The grace of God is already there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. It's done. Amen. I, I was looking to make up a wee thing. I, I just hadn't got everything there today, but I've always had this image in my head. And I'll share a bit about it next week more. But I've always had this image on my head, like a, a big, massive container, and, and in it having colorful balls. And each one of those balls is something that Jesus has provided for you. He's provided... Peace of mind. He's provided joy. He's provided your salvation. He's provided health. He's provided abundance. He's provided every need met. It's already provided. Everything you'll need is already in this big box, so to speak. And every one of those balls is the grace of God in that box. But you know what? It can't get to you unless you find out about it first. Okay? And then the only way you can get to it, because the grace of God, it's, it's in God's realm. It's been provided for you. And what I would love to have is a big... I would love to do it on a big stage. I would love to have it, and I would love to give everybody, like in the front row or something, a, a big waven pipe. You know one of the big waven pipes that you'd use for a sewage? One of the big plastic pipes that you would have, like a downpipe kind of a thing, or a sewage pipe under the ground. And I'd love to have people in the front row having one. And start to try tell ask people, what's your need? And, you know... And, and they said, you know what, I need this. And they, you just said, you know what, that waffen pipe, that represents your faith. And all you have to do is stick your faith into that big box there. And there's the grace of God is in that box to meet your need. And roll out one of those balls to them. 
Because you see, the grace of God provides it, but it comes through faith. That's why it says we have access into this grace through faith. It comes through faith. And how how God's provision gets to you and how God's provision gets to me is by faith. It's just trust. That's it. We can't provide it. All we can do is trust in it. Does that, does that make sense? And I'd love, to, I'd love to have that on a big scale. What it was going to make today, I just hadn't got everything for it. I was, I was just thinking about it again today. It's something I've, I've just think about a lot. When I think about grace, I always think about this principle. Uh, I had marbles and stuff like that, and I was going to use a wee small, <laughs> a wee small version of it. Um, but I might, just, I might even make it up for next, next week just to show us. Because you know what? That's what grace is. Grace is already provided. But you just have to find out about it. That's why it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you. But how's it multiplied to you? Through knowledge. You have to find out about it. And it says, um, and Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 3, it says, according as his divine power. Look at this. Has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Do you know what that means? It's already provided. Everything that you need for life and godliness has already been given to you in the grace of God. It's already provided. It's already provided in grace. Amen? It's already provided. We're not producing. We're receiving. We're just finding out what's ours. Whatever you need, you just look at your life, whatever you have need of, you already have that answer in the grace of God. It's already yours. You think of what your need is. You don't have to convince God to do something on your behalf. We don't need to pray trying to get God to do something that He has already done. Amen? Amen? We, don't need, we just need to get an agreement in our prayer with what He has done. It's not about trying to twist God's arm. It's finding out, knowledge is finding out what He's already done in the grace of God. And faith is coming and saying, I believe that. And I receive it. Amen? That's what grace is. It's all things that have been given unto us through, uh, uh, th- through the knowledge of God. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Verse 4. This is why it says here, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. What's these promises? They're the promises of what you have in the grace of God. Amen. See, so you have to find out about it. And find out about your promises. But your promises are already provided. The answer is already yes. Amen. As it says here, and it, all the promises of God are what? Yes. Amen. All the promises of God are yes. You know what? If you could think of that there uh, box, so to speak, with all of those wee balls in it, so to speak, everything represents the grace of God. On every one of those balls, there would be a yes. Your name would be on it. And it's a yes to you. And all you have to do is get an agreement and say, Amen. God says yes. What do we say? Amen. amen. What's amen mean? So be it. So be it. what you're coming and saying is, God, you said yes, and I say amen to that. It says, no, God, I don't believe that. No, faith is coming and saying amen. That's our response. That's it. Our response is to come and say, I believe that. I believe that that belongs to me. Amen. So I say amen to that promise. Amen. That's all you have to say is, Amen. God says yes, we say, Amen. 
It'd be just like going down the shopping center on on every shelf. Every product there is yours. And if that was the grace of God, you could go up to every shelf and it would say, I would say yes to you. Everything that's God's promise to you is yes. And what our job is to come and go and lift it off the shelf and say, amen, that's mine. That promise is mine. Amen. And you know how you do that? Do you know how you say amen? Well, there's many ways we can say it in faith. You say it with your mouth, but we're talking about prayer. You're using your mouth, and what you're saying is in prayer, you're coming to God and saying, God, that promise, you said yes, and I'm here to say amen to that prayer. I believe that, or that promise, I believe that's mine, and in prayer, I'm saying amen to that. So you find the promises that go where you need. And if you can find a promise, the answer is already yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a promise, and you say Amen. Amen. See, what's our job? Our job is to get the knowledge. Get the knowledge of it. But when you get the knowledge, that's the key to the grace of God. But the grace of God's already provided. Jesus provided that. Jesus has provided everything you need in his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Everything's provided. And it's already yes. Awesome. Here's another verse here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father. I I love the way Paul always started off his his epistles with saying, grace to you. Grace to you. He didn't didn't start off with saying, you need to do something. He said, grace is yours. A common grace. Grace be to you, and peace. Anytime you get a revelation of the grace of God, the next thing that follows is peace. Because you don't have to come begging God. You realize, I'm going to have peace because God said yes. Amen? I can live in peace and trust Him. And our, um, our um, grace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Thank God it's God saying grace to you. He's not saying, come and badger me. Come and beg. No, He's saying, I'm coming here to give you grace. Grace is the provision, it's the supply of God for everything you ever need. For salvation, grace is available. All you have to do is come and receive it. And for every other promise, amen? And look what it says here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. Who has blessed us? It's has, past tense, present tense, or future tense. It's past tense. Amen? Do you know that you're already blessed? Amen. See, we, we've made blessing out to be, um, blessing out to us to be your, the things that you have. They're, they're like your blessings. But, but the blessing itself, the blessing itself to be blessed, you can have the blessing upon your life and you don't have a thing. Because the blessing is what God has spoken over you. And once you're blessed, you are blessed, you have it. And I want you to know that every born-again believer has the blessing of God upon their lives. Now, here's the thing about the blessing. The blessing, the blessing will cause you to increase because it's an empowerment from God upon your life. But what I'm saying here is you don't have to pray for the blessing. You don't have to ask God to bless you because you are blessed. Amen. Amen. You come to access it. You're not coming to be blessed. You are blessed. People say, you know, you know, you're blessed if you have a nice car. You're blessed if you live in a nice house. You, you're blessed. Amen. The blessing can make you rich. 
And then the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and add no sorrow. But the blessing, you have it. And if you lost everything, you're still blessed. Because you can't lose the blessing because it's a spiritual thing that's on your life. Do you know that Joseph stood on an auction block totally naked with nothing and he was a blessed man with the favor of God upon his life? Amen. He was a blessed man with the favor of God. All you have to know is you're blessed. But you see, when we pray, as many times we were praying, begging, prayers, oh God, bless me. No, we need to say, God, I'm blessed. I'm praying in line with what you say. Grace-based prayers pray in line with what God has said to us in the grace of God. Amen. That's a grace-based prayer. It's a different way of praying. It's not a begging prayer. We should never beg. We, should, we need to know our Father's heart and come and say, I oh, thank you, Father, that by the grace of God, you have provided all things that I'll ever need. I have a need right now, and I thank you I'm here to access it. And I believe that the promises of God are yes and amen, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. <laughs> People say that wasn't a very long prayer. That's a, that's a good prayer. A long prayer and doubt and unbelief is no good. You could pray all night and doubt and unbelief. You could pray all night begging God and you'll get nothing. But if you pray a prayer of faith, it's quick. Amen. Smith, Smith Wiggles used to say, pray once, you pray in faith. Pray twice, you pray in unbelief. <laughs> that's just how simple he made it. He made it, he made it quick. I'd rather have a quick prayer in faith any day than a long prayer in unbelief. A quick prayer in faith is precise based on the knowledge of God. God hears what you said and I believe it. Does that mean you stop praying? No, there's lots of other prayers. You can just start thanking him. Amen. Amen. Thanking him. Just start thanking him for what he's given you. Start fellowshipping with him. That's great prayer. Pray in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Just pray. Just pray. God can show you how to get that thing manifest into your life quicker, whatever you're believing for. He can, as you pray and, you, and you, you seek Him and you, you wait on Him and you pray in the Spirit and, you know, just walk with Him. God can bring the wisdom to you that you need or an answer to you that you need, let you know what to do. Amen. Want you, let you know, go here or go there and meet that person or cause things to come across your path. That's, how we, that's praying with different types of prayer. Thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. Now you're showing me that. Lord, you're going to show me how to see how to get this manifest into my life now that's a different way of praying but you're not praying and asking God you've already came and said God I believe you've already provided I'm here to collect it amen and I take that in Jesus name amen Amen. praise God so are we blessed yeah absolutely no, I, don't, I don't look blessed. I don't feel blessed. I don't care how you feel. You're just, never did feelings come into the question. Amen. I don't care. Eh? I, 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 you know, I, I feel down. I don't care of the joy of the Lord. Well, I don't feel any joy. Well, there's joy in there. I'm going to get it out. Amen. I'm just going to start praising Him. I don't feel like a peace. You have peace in you. It's already in there. Everything you need is in you in Christ. Everything. Everything we need is there. Just start acting. Acting like it's so. Amen? Just start acting like it's so. Just start acting like it's so. Some people say if you act like it's so when it isn't so, then it'll be so. No, act like it's so because it is so. That's a different way of thinking. I'm not, I'm not faking it till I make it. No, I'm believing it's there. And if I don't feel like it, if I, if I don't feel joy at this present moment in time, well, I can start dancing. Praise God, I thank God the joy of the Lord. It's after a while, it'll start, I'll start priming that pump and the joy that's in me will start to come up. Amen. Amen. 
I don't feel it. I don't have it. No, you have all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's, it's there inside you. Amen. It's already in you. Oh, well, I feel depressed. I don't care how you feel. Feelings have nothing to do with it. Again, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth said, my body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. Amen. Do you know that your, do you know that your body is just like your house? How many of you know your house doesn't tell you when to get it painted and all of those kind of things? You tell it when it's getting painted. Huh? Next year. Next year. Yeah, you can wait the next year house. <laughs> but you know what? Your house, you manage your house in the natural. Your house doesn't tell you when it wants what. You manage your house. You do to your house what you want it done. Because that's your house. Well, your body is your house as well. Your emotions is your house as well. You can tell them. They don't have to tell you how to feel. You can tell them how you feel. I don't care what it looks like. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I have the joy of the Lord. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's in me. Amen. See, that's grace thinking. You already have it. Grace thinking is I already have it. I'm not trying to get it. I already have it. I have it in Christ. So what's faith? Faith is putting trust in that. that It's already done for you and accessing it. Amen. That's the verse he used earlier there. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. See, you have faith gives you access into the grace. I'll tell you something else in this here, and I'll be talking on tonight, but stand in grace, don't get off it. Stand in it. We're meant to just stand in grace, and everything in our lives is by the grace of God. Amen. Praise God. Here's another thing about grace is this. Grace is a gift. Grace is a gift. Do you know all you can do with a gift is? Receive it. Now well, we're coming into Christmas time now. And there's, you know, we'll all be doing it. You'll go and you'll buy a gift for somebody. And you know what? You'll do it on your, at your expense. But what you do is you come and offer it to someone. And when you offer it to someone, you're not, you're not looking for a handout and somebody to offer you a you know, money in exchange. What you're just looking for is a hand to come out and just take the gift off you when you offer it to them. Do you know what? That's just a great picture of salvation, but that's a picture of anything in the grace of God. Amen? It's provided by another. But all you have to do is take it. The grace of God provides. Grace takes. Amen? Grace provides. Or sorry, grace provides, faith takes. Grace supplies it to you, all you have to do, your faith is just coming and taking it. Faith is saying, that's mine, I take it. We need to be good takers. I don't mean takers as in we run around with just a taking mentality. Like, I mean, everything Jesus has provided for us, God wants us to have it. There's nothing worse when somebody provides a gift for you and they're trying to get it to you and you just keep saying no. And their hands out the whole time and, and you have to argue and fight trying to Take the thing. Do you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to say, God, you're God, and you've, you've provided that for me. And do you know what? I believe you love me that much that I'm going to come and take your provision into my life. Amen? That's what faith does. That's what faith does. Amen? It's just like, you know, um, sorry for using this illustration today, but. Um, no, I'm not, uh, what do you call it? No, me and Donna were talking the other day, and I was just saying to Donna, do you know, did you ever, did you ever get something? I thought maybe, maybe a done as a Christmas present or something. I said, have you ever bought something for someone, but you, you actually had it paid for and it was in the shop? 
and all they had to do was go in and just say, can I have what is already mine? Do you understand? But it was already provided by another. And all you were doing is showing up and, and taking it. And, you know, Donna was just saying to me, she says, the only thing I can think of for, for us is she, she, the Dean's cattle broke one time and Donna, Donna, Donna we know how much the Dean loves tea. Oh. Get the cattle on. As soon as she came in the house, get the cattle on. But, you know, the cattle broke. And, you know, Donna has a, has a, had a club. And she just said to the dean, do you know what? I want to get you a cattle. Just go down and pick whatever you want and just give my name or my club card. Do you know what? That's just like praying. You're just coming and all Jesus said, all you need to do is give my name. I have it already provided for you. And all you do is you just give my name and just take what's yours. And you know all she said was the dean, the dean was just go down to the shop. Don had already like got a wee club or whatever. And she says, I've already, it's already on that card. All you have to do is go and pick the one you want and just go up to the, the counter with it and say, you know what, this is the one I want and I'm taking it. Do you know what, when we pray, when we ask, we're not asking trying to get God, do you know, to, to really God, please give me it. No, what you're coming in saying, it's already provided. And can I have what's mine? Amen. That's, that's prayer. Prayer is not... See, God's already said yes to it. We're not, we don't have to come in to convince Him. All we have to... We don't come in to buy it. We just come in... Do you see everything that's on that shelf that's yours in the grace of God? All those promises we yes on it. All you have to do is just come in in faith and say, See, I wonder, I take that by faith. And that is mine. How do you take it? Well, that's how you do it, by faith. Amen. You take it by faith. And all you can do with grace, I'll look at this maybe a bit more next week, but how you take it really is this. You believe you receive when you pray. That's it. That's it. You take it with your mouth. And you believe you receive and you give voice to it and say, this is what Jesus has done for me. Here's another thing in the grace of God is this. This is we're closing here. The grace of God is unmerited favor. God doesn't answer your prayers because you deserve. Amen. Never come based on, your, on you deserving. You come to receive favor you do not deserve. You come and say, this is based on the grace of God. And I'm here to receive what Jesus has bought for me. You're not even in the picture. Leave you to the side. Just come focused on Jesus, what he's won for you, what he's provided for you. Don't let the devil torture your mind and say, you don't deserve it. There's not a one of us deserve it. That's the good news. Amen. We just come in the righteousness of God that's been given to us as a gift. And just say, I'm not here because of me. I don't even deserve to be here. That's true. But I'm here because Jesus said that I can come and I'm righteous in heaven and I come to receive amen that's, that's grace based praying it's not based on you it's not based on your performance it's not based on how long you pray it's not based on whether you've been good it's not based on how many times you've been to church come to church to find out what you have come to church to get knowledge that equips you but you're finding out what you already have amen you're already blessed amen you look at it, and if by grace then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. And it, how does grace stop being grace when you work for it? That's how it stops. Once you put you in the equation, it stops being grace. So a grace-based prayer is coming and saying, I'm not here because of what I've done, I'm here because of what Jesus has already done for me. Amen. And I come in grace. It's not based on me. It's not based on my goodness. It's not based on my performance. It's based on the grace of God. Amen. Jesus answered and said unto them, Thirdly I say unto you, 
If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only ask, or not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done unto thee, unto you. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, Amen. You shall well receive. See, that's all you can do is receive. Grace-based prayer doesn't come to produce. I'm going to really, I'm going to pray through. I'm going to pray all night. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with praying all night. Sometimes we need an answer and we can't get it to our thick head. because. But it's not in God's prayer. It's not trying to get God persuaded. It's us getting in tune with what God is saying. He's already speaking to us. Amen. Come know when I hear his voice. Amen. I'm going to pray. If it takes all night to pray, that's okay. But I'm not praying to move God. I'm praying so that I can get in a position where I can hear because I'm bogged down. Amen. But when you pray, believe you what? Receive. We come with a receiving mode when we pray. Don't we come with a producing mode? We come with a receiving mode. It's done. Be a good receiver. Amen. A good receiver. Amen. Mark 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Again, you have to believe you receive. Sorry, I'm not moving them across. Again, that was a verse we looked at earlier. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Um, seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. See, it's a receiving thing here. We come to God receiving. Again, here, this is coming to a throne of what? Grace. Hebrews 4, verse 6, let us come boldly onto the throne of grace. When you come to the throne of grace, what are you coming with? You're coming with the mindset that everything here has been provided for me in the grace of God. Don't come in based on you. Come, come with grace thinking. You're coming to a grace throne. You're coming to a throne to receive stuff you don't even deserve. How good is that? Amen. I believe that we can walk in favor that we don't deserve. I believe we can have so much favor in our lives that people say, how is God doing that for them? Because they don't deserve it. Well, that's good. That's the grace of God. Amen. I, I think there should be things in our life that we can't explain. You know what I mean? We can't explain because of how good we've been. If you can explain everything in your life, you're not living in the grace of God. Because it'll be based on favor you don't deserve. Look what it says here, that we may obtain. The word obtain means to receive, to take, to seize, to remove. Remove from one place to another. Amen? To accept. <laughs> to receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amen? You know, just when I, was, when I was talking there, I need to say this here just in closing. I, 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 this came up in the, in the spirit there while I was speaking, and I, I'm just going to throw this out. But you see an American footballer, or American football, you have, you've, got, uh, you've got the quarterback. And the quarterback is, you know, he, he's the one who makes all the plays in American football. Benny is no I don't know much about it, but I asked people in America uh, who, who play it to explain this to me because I, had, I, had, I, wanted, to, I, I wanted to understand this because um, I was putting together an illustration one time. But a quarterback is the guy who has all of the plays. He knows what to do. He has to memorize like, it's like a book kind of a thing of all the plays that they'll ever have to out-trick their opponents. So the ball, you're always trying to get the ball to the quarterback. 
because the quarterback knows what to do. And when he gets the ball, he knows how to make the play. But what the quarterback does is he throws it. And who he's trying to get it to is a guy at the top end, and he is called a receiver. And all a receiver does is he stays in place to receive the ball and make a touchdown. That's all he does. His job is to receive. His job is not to have the plays. His job is not to produce. Do you know all he does? Receive. Receive and touchdown. Receive and touchdown. Be in position. Position to receive. It's a, res- a position of grace thinking. Knowing how to be positioned right whenever you pray. But he- here's the thing. Do you, see if that, do you see if that receiver tries to be a quarterback and a receiver, the ball will drop every single time because he, he can't be throwing the ball and catching it at the same time. Okay? And that's where frustration comes in the Christian walk because we're trying to produce in our strengths. Amen? Whereas we'd be smart just to stand over there relaxing and just wait for the ball to come. And all you're doing is receiving. Do you know Jesus is your quarterback? And he's done it all and he has all of the plays. Amen? He has your answers. You may, not, you may think I'm in a, a pickle and I don't know how to get out of this. He does. All you have to do is come and receive from him. Don't, don't you try to figure out your way of getting out. You Learn to say you can't, but he can. Learn to say I don't have the answers, but he has the answers. That's, that's grace thinking. And coming and saying, God, I don't have to figure it all out. All I have to do is receive. That's my job is to receive. I'm going to let you be the best quarter package you can be and I'm going to be the best taker of that, uh, that I can be. And everything's coming my way. I'm taking it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what we're called to be is a quarterback. You know, like, if you're grace, how do you pray under grace? Well, you come, if you're praying for salvation, how do you pray? Jesus, you provided it. I put faith in you and I receive in Jesus' name. That's it. Nothing to do with you. How do you pray for healing? It all comes down to this. Should have showed this. Grace-based prayer has always something like this in it. Because of Jesus. Or Jesus did it all. Or I already have it. It's finished. You'll know when you're praying in line with grace. When you come and you have a prayer like this. Father, I'm not here because of me. But I'm here because of Jesus. Jesus took stripes on my back. Or Jesus, the chastisement of my peace was upon him. I, I have a right to peace. I have a right to peace. Amen. Lord, I thank you that I am blessed. Because Jesus, he took my poverty. He became poor at that cross for me so that I could be rich. And I thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm a giver. And I'm, I'm a giver, but I'm not giving trying to get blessed. I give because I am blessed. And I believe that when I give, I access your grace because I do it in faith. And I thank you, Lord, that you meet all of my needs according to your riches. And that's a grace. See, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about, it all comes back to us about Jesus. If we just come in prayer and it's just sweat and oh, we're being the quarterback. When we come in prayer, just come to receive. We should always be talking about our quarterback. Jesus, you did this for me. Jesus, this is what you did for me. This is what the word says. And I come and I access you, Father, in Jesus' name. And here's this promise that has my name on it. It says, yes, and I receive it because of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Amen. Amen. That's better than going in begging all night, trying to change God's will because you think he hasn't got his will towards you and prays his hand out. Amen? It's a different way to pray. Amen?